Hey there, Rebels. It's that time again. Another episode of Rebel Parenting. I'm your host, Ryan Dobson, with my wife, Laura. I got to tell you, I say it every week. We've got a great program for you. And this one, I think this is the 65th program we've recorded. Not quite a year old. More than a broadcast a week. This one so far, I apologize to everybody else. All 64 other people I've interviewed. This is my favorite one so far. Um... Hands down, my favorite one. This one was most impactful. And I think uh, in some ways, this is an interesting one. I I don't know if I can say this 100%. I was going to say it's going to have the longest impact on my life. I don't know. I don't know. But I don't say that lightly. And I hesitate to even say it because I don't say it lightly. But this book is changing my life on a regular basis. And I'm just reading it and I'm rereading it just to get inspiration and ideas from an amazing man. His name's Roger Thompson. You may never have heard of him. But this book should be in your hands. If you're a dad, if you've got kids, if you want adventure, if you're trying to connect as a family, this book will give you inspiration. It's called We Stood Upon Stars, Finding God in Lost Places. Everything about this book is amazing. As someone that's published six books, that works with publishers, that receives books all the time, I'm telling you, if you want to write a book, get this book because... This is what we are all looking for. When you go to a bookstore and you thumb through pages, you know, when I'm selling books at the back of my events and people kind of, you know, do this, this, you can hear it, just this, this, uh, thumbing through the book. And I think, what are you looking for? I finally found out. When you pick up We Stood Upon Stars and you thumb through it, you go, oh, I have to read this. I have to, oh, I have to read this. Oh, that picture. Oh, that drawing. I have to read this. We Stood Upon Stars is so profound. It's poetic. Roger Thompson is a poet, uh, and we've got some great, great, long, long time, long-term connections that we didn't even know about. I just met him, and yet we have been running in similar circles for a couple of decades, and it uh, felt like coming home. This guy, I'm telling you, you're going to love this broadcast. We tried to record it outside at a restaurant, and that didn't really work out. Then he came over to the house, to the Red Bull headquarters. We are going to sit outside, and then it poured down rain. The heavens opened up. So, Engineer Steve, thank you, Engineer Steve. We love you so much, my engineer. Um, says you can't quite hear the thunder and rain as much as we could hear it here in the room. But uh, every now and then, you'll hear me reference thunder. Hopefully, you hear it. Turn that volume up super loud. You're going to love, love, love love this book and this gentleman. I can't wait to have him on again. I've heard about what he's going to write next. Everything he's doing, I'm excited about. But, uh, oh, you're just going to love it. You know what? I'm not even going to give you announcements. You're already listening to Rebel Live and you're subscribing to the podcast and all those good things. You know, I have to. I have to do the announcements because we just crossed into the iTunes Top 100 again. And here's why. It's because you're sharing the podcast with people. You're helping us out. If you want to know, hey, Ryan, how can we help you out? Hey, Donate to the ministry. That would be fantastic. We're a 501c3. All your donations are tax-free. We absolutely, 100%, definitely need every penny you can send. And we need to grow this tribe. We need more people getting better marriages and better parenting. And the only way we can do that is with more people listening, more people getting on the live videos. And that's where you come in because you can pick up someone's phone and go, listen, Roger Thompson, man, you want to go on an adventure? You got to listen to this podcast and go click on that one. Subscribe to it for them. This will bump us up in the charts. More people see it. More people getting heard. More people hearing the good news. Marriages and lives are being changed. That's how you can help. Thank you all for doing that. I really do appreciate it. Really, I get emotional about it sometimes because it touches my heart so much to see the marriages, to get the emails from people. I have not shared 
some of the hardcore emails we've gotten and I'm trying to figure out how to edit them and do that kind of stuff. But I think uh, in the next couple of weeks, I'm going to start sharing some of the emails from some of the lives that are being changed through Rebel Parenting. And it is, listen, it's not me. Just hear me all, all you rebels out there. This has nothing to do with Ryan Dobson. It's Jesus Christ. It's the Holy Spirit. It's the Lord God above. It's got nothing to do with me. Everything to do with him. I will fail you. I'm a sinner. God will never let you down. Finding God in lost places. We stood upon stars. Please welcome to Rebel Parenting, Roger Thompson. Roger, we appreciate you being here. Um, I was Anybody that's not listening to the live videos, you're missing out. But mm-hmm. we tried to record outside at a restaurant with you and uh, Brian Hayes and his wife Sandy and your wife Melissa was there. Brian's pastor at Rock Creek Church up in uh, Boulder. Colorado. Uh, Great church, people. Oh, so good. A um, little too noisy. So we invited you down uh, to Rebel Headquarters. We're going to sit outside, and then the heavens opened up and poured out rain. So mm. we're in the boring old studio inside, but thanks for coming all the way down here. I know your van we thought was a broken axle, but you got it fixed, and we appreciate you being here today. Oh, man, yeah. It's super cool to be here. It's awesome to be here, like, rolling up in my van that's working. And yeah. So it's all coming together perfectly. Well, yeah. now you know you're going to get home. You know how yeah. long you've got. It's all the stress went away. Right. Like, oh. And it wasn't a broken axle. Just some bolts came off. That's nice. It's good stuff. Some lightning. Oh, now. But, see? Roger, I have to admit, wait, 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 I'm really wait. jealous. Wait. Okay, go on. That was amazing. We just heard huge thunder on here. I was saying it was raining. Big thunder. I want to first... The book is called We Stood Upon Stars, Finding God in Lost Places. Mm. I can't put it down. Our producer read it in one <laughs> setting. Yeah. The stories, I mean, it's it's really, it's, it's poetry. It, talk a little bit about your background because mm-hmm. I'm reading this just thinking average guys don't write like, like this. <laughs> so give us a little bit of your background. Tell us your story and then let's jump into this book at some point. Sure. Well, um, yeah. In terms of writing, it certainly wasn't ever on my radar to mm. write. When I was a kid, I wrote stories mostly as escapism from what was happening in my life. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, then I got into college and, you know, and all of a sudden everything was had to be practical. So I kind of stopped that. But after college, I just jumped right into the surf and skate industry and mm. started making surf movies, skate movies. We opened a skate park and, you know, kind of got off on that career path and, and writing just kind of went away. Mm. Um, and it wasn't really until really recently I was kind of struck with this kind of writing thing and having never written anything in my life, I just sat down after we might get into later, but after the death of a best friend and just started writing these stories of childhood stories. A lot of you guys would, you know, were in the same era, but like yeah. about eight being in the eighties on the beach, what was it like yeah. and all that. And so I started just writing and I just kind of found this love for the storytelling and the, and the written word mm-hmm. and the craft of writing itself. But See, our listeners don't know, Roger, you're from Ventura, California, yeah. which is just north of Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Laura and I, I'm from just south of Los Angeles, Arcadia area, inland, what much, mm. much more inland. Way Laura, inland. Yeah. <laughs> just kidding. We're all being snotty to Ryan right now. Uh, <laughs> Laura lived in Newport Beach, South Orange County, so we grew up in the 80s all together, on the coast, doing those things, you know, you probably started surfing skate- the same board, yep. right. skating the same boards, and listening to the same music. I'm yeah. sure. we, we probably cut each other off yeah. at some point. Yep. Yeah. Totally. Well, now let, let's be honest. Laura and Roger were surfing the same spots. Uh, Ryan you know, was skating. <laughs> I was skating like 
Pipeline out in Upland. Uh-huh. You know, that was my, you know, yeah. that, yeah. you know, we used to go to Pipeline on the weekends. Mm-hmm. Uh, you started um, Skate, Skate Street. Street. Skate yeah. Street in Ventura. When I used to take my youth group there. That's right. Back when that first opened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I couldn't skate it. I wasn't good enough to skate. <laughs> yeah, it's, there's kind of a funny backstory because we, when we got to build it, my partner was my, it was my best friend. He, he was a good skater. I kind of sucked at skating and I was really afraid. Mm-hmm. But if you'll remember, every ramp had a Roland. Yep. Because yep. I said, if we're going to build this thing, I'm going to build a Roland. And I got made fun of a ton for doing that. It was like, it was the only way I could drop in because I was too afraid to drop in. Yep. Sure. And so every it. ramp in the whole park had a Roland because I did, was afraid to drop in. Yeah. Yeah. But it's <laughs> a, here's the great thing about it it should, every ramp ought to have a Roland so that. People that are beginning, people that are oh, yeah. new, people that they don't want do. to drop in well, yet, yeah. can learn what it feels like to roll. We, we oh, a, this is what it feels like when you go down. Yeah, this is a, what I'm. We had a seventy-year-old learn how to skate there. Man, yeah, yeah. amazing. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Well, and you had you hadn't written a book, but you were writing for surf films, so you understood mm-hmm. narrative, you understood storytelling, right? Uh, mm-hmm. And I really do find that coming out in your book. I think that's why it immediately attracted me because. There's so many surf movies that I've watched. Single Fun Yellow, these, you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, the Far Offshore, you know, the, these surf documentaries from the '60s and the '70s. You know, um, oh, what is it? The Something Degrees Parallel, where they oh, went, right. you know, Yvonne Chouinard and those oh, guys, 100, and Eighty Degrees South. Yes, yeah. Eighty South, Degrees South. Yeah. And then there's the surf one that followed it later yeah. on. Right. And you've got that narrative in mm-hmm. um, for sure. So, your family growing up, kind of a hippie family, did the traveling thing. How far into your marriage did you decide that's something that you wanted to do? You know, when you met your wife, were you already taking trips? Was she just yeah. like game for it? Like, yeah, that's great. Let's keep doing this. Yeah, yeah. I started taking trips on my own mm-hmm. as soon as, even before I had a car license. I was like the kid on the bike going as far as he could from home. And then when, <laughs> when I got the, my license at 16, I was in Mexico exploring. That next Baja. day, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like it was yeah. just... It was just who I was. And I came by, honestly, it was in my genes from my dad, grandfather, great-grandfather. And so I was doing trips all the time. In fact, when um, I proposed to my wife, I did it in Maine because I'd taken a road trip up in Maine and found a lighthouse up there that was meant something to me. And so I brought her back to that same lighthouse. And so so when I was I was ready, to, when we got married, just to jump right into that lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she, on the other hand, never went anywhere. And so this mm-hmm. was a little bit new for her. So right after we got married, actually say, hey, look, I'm going to quit my job and we're going to take off and go around the country, which were two things that freaked her out. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, who did I just marry? Like, <laughs> this guy is crazy. Um, but right when we got on the road, I found immediately that she was deathly afraid of being in the wilderness. And I was deathly afraid of being around people. And we mm. had this interesting conversation for the first several hundred miles through Utah and Wyoming. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. How amazing. Yeah, so she great. wasn't a camper at that point. She wasn't a camper. She never. She might have gone camping a couple times, but no, she didn't grow up with, with that at all. Yeah. What yeah. a trooper. And now, you yeah. guys, this is like every summer you're doing this. You know, you're doing four, six weeks. Mm-hmm. You've got, and I got to be honest, we love VW vans. We lo- Let me say this. We I love- do. <laughs> I love the idea of them. That's right, what I was going to say. Not the functionality right. of them. Yeah. And if you can hear the background, it is literally flooding outside. It is so just, I'm looking at just massive storming going on. We love the idea of a VW van. I got to be honest, I looked in your van. You got two big boys. Yeah. You know, your oldest is 14 and mm. your youngest is 11. My youngest is 12. 12. Wow. Yeah, he's 11, going to be 12 in a couple of days. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's, you got four of you in that. That's a, mm-hmm. that's some pretty tight quarters. 
it's really tight quarters. And my oldest and I tried to sleep in the same bed on this trip, and there's like two grown men. Like, yep. Like, yeah. Yes, Nick, those aren't yeah. pillows. Yeah. 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 yeah that's yeah. right. That's right. Lincoln and I did that last year. He was 10 last year. We did that in Alaska. We slept in the same bed. Not a big uh, deal. I'm telling you today, I don't know if I could do it. He is so yeah. gangly. He'd yeah. just slap me around silly all <laughs> yeah. night long. Oh, uh, it was yeah. pretty tough. There's one night we were up in the Beartooth Wilderness, which mm-hmm. is kind of the northeastern part of um, Yellowstone, coming out of Yellowstone, northeastern side. And there's been a lot of recent grizzly activity there. And oh. so we couldn't pop our top on our van. All four of us had to sleep in one, one basically little bed. twin bed, bed together, yeah, yeah, like a double bed together. Yeah. Oh. It was not great. Not great. Yeah. Wow. So that night I was not stoked on VWs. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Roger, I recommend this book for dads for a lot of reasons, but I think, you know, you've got it. I still can't get over how hard the storm is just raging outside. Hmm. You've got it in your genes. You know, you talk about your great grandpa. I mean, that opening story just, I mean, that's story. why you can't put it down. You open with, and again, this goes back to me. My mom is from Oklahoma. Her, her mom, they came to California. They were Okies after the mm-hmm. Depression. They were sharecroppers. They were, you know, they lived in, I mean, you talked about this in there converted chicken coops. That's yep. the first residence. My mom and grandma and uncle lived in when they went to California. It was a converted chicken coop. It had a dirt mm-hmm. floor. When people talk about dirt poor, it's dirt floor dirt poor. And yeah. that's right. what it meant. You talked about your great grandpa and your grandpa riding a Harley from Oklahoma to California. Your great grandpa tied a rope around the two of them so that your grandpa could sleep while they while rode. They I mean, yeah. that, you know. I think we've lost that spirit of yeah. adventure. You know, we've mm-hmm. mapped everything except the ocean floor and space, but there are still lost areas out there. I think there's wilderness in our blood, in our souls. What are some of the things that you've learned or experienced as either a couple or as a family in those lost places that we just have a hard time doing in the city? Life, yeah. yeah. Well, I think the one of the biggest things is when you get in those places, like the place I just mentioned up in the Beartooth is you're not in control, you mm. know, and everything we kind of surround ourselves with is about mm. putting us more or less For in control. Sure. You know, the phone in our pocket, we can control the universe basically in our yep. pocket. And then you start looking at, are we really in control? Are those things controlling us? Mm. Yeah. But then when you get in the wilderness, it's kind of, yeah, there's grizzlies out there. We might get eaten. So everyone <laughs> let's snuggle up. And it was a, you know, the sucky night of sleep, but it'll be something we talk about for a long time. Right. And in those spaces, in those lost places that I call them throughout the book, that's when the magic happens, really, that just mm. can't happen anywhere else. Um, when you're four of you snuggled into a VW van, afraid of the Grizzlies, and we're listening yeah, to Yeah, you Huck, can't buy yeah, that. Yeah, we're listening to Huck Finn on, oh, we're afraid yeah. to go to sleep. And it's just something magic happens, and, you know, that you just can't get that experience anywhere else. And, so I think a lot of it, for for me as a dad, um, being open to the fact that, hey, I'm not totally in control. Not am I not in control of these grizzlies. I'm actually not really in control of my own kids. Mm. Yep. And the sooner I can kind of acknowledge that, probably the better. Mm. Um, and our wilderness experiences just kind of fast-tracked that whole, that whole thing. Yeah, That's one of our beliefs. Mm. You know, it's interesting. It's... It's yes and no. I've written in dry erase marker on our bathroom mirror, you're more than enough to Laura. And we both know that we're definitely not enough. We're not right. enough to be a parent. We're not enough to be a spouse. It has to be from the Lord. I was talking to my dad about raising kids and what did you do with us? Like, 
I was a really hard kid to raise. The stuff that he teaches didn't really work that well on me. You know, with punishments, when I would do something bad, I, I would say naughty, but like in high school, I snuck out at night. But I had thought about it ahead of time. I knew what the punishment would be, and I decided it was worth it if I got caught. And when I got caught, it wasn't that big of a deal. That's frustrating for a parent. Mm-hmm. I love that thunder sound. What are some of the things when you get out in the wilderness? Is there a different intimacy? Mm. Is there a different connection because you're not surrounded by everything that you know, because you're not in control? We, we talk about on Rebel Parenting that we're not enough, that we're not in control. Mm-hmm. Uh, does it change out there? Does it prove it? And does it put you in a different frame of reference as a family? It absolutely does. And one of the things that does um, for me and for me and my boys, um, when we let's, let's say when we get up to a someplace in the wilderness and they have a question about something, mm. and I'm like, well, I don't know the answer to that question. You know, I'm as much as I love the wilderness, like I'm not a wilderness survival expert. I'm not. I don't yeah. know what every tree is. Um, but every time they ask a question, I'm committed to figuring it out with them. And there's mm-hmm. a part of that that's like, okay, we're going to learn this together. And my dad is going to, I think it's hard to say with a kid, but you know what I anticipate is going on a little bit in their head is that my dad doesn't know that, which I thought he knew everything, you know, but he's also willing to come down kind of to our level and, and learn it with us because I want to acknowledge the fact that you have this interest in whatever it happens to be. Yeah. yeah. Um, and we're going to figure that out. But that's put us on, I don't want to say an equal playing field because I don't mean it in that regard, but yeah. it's allowed us to, to develop a relationship that's really a little more intimate, a little more honest in those kind of spaces. And that, obviously when you get back into your kind of, because we don't live in the wilderness, but when we get back into our home environment, that tends to carry over quite a yeah. bit. Nice. That's interesting. You know, it, it is a maturing time when a kid learns that daddy doesn't know everything, that you can't solve every problem. Uh, and it's a growing up process. I remember Lincoln and I watched the Hobbit movies back to back to back, and I had forgotten that everyone dies in the end. Spoiler alert, everybody <laughs> dies. And it was a bit of a maturing process. He talks about it now. He was a little disappointed in the end of the movie. It didn't end like a Disney movie. Mm-hmm. It didn't have the American the ending. American. And it grew him up a little bit, but it does with you as well, and it allows them to become self-reliant. You know, what we're trying to do as parents is teach our kids to be adults. Right. And when you're in the wilderness and your son goes, what kind of tree is that? And you're like, I don't know. And he's like, really? And then you both find out together and he's got knowledge. Right. The knowledge of that tree put you on equal playing field. Now you both know. Yeah. And the other thing that that does is it really kind of helps teach him how to learn those things. Yeah. Because I could, if I could give him the answer, then he doesn't have to go through the process of learning on his own. So you're not teaching independence that way. You're teaching dependence. Right. And so the idea of figuring out together you, you know, it's creating a little bit more independence um, in their lives. Mm. Mm-hmm. And how do you feel like that you're in those lost places, your children are seeing God? How is that transformed to them? Well, you certainly quickly get, as we're hearing here with the thunder and the lightning, <laughs> all that, an idea that there's something really, really big mm. at work out there. Yeah. Um, or there's just something really big out there. Uh, and so I think that the first thing we try to talk about to a child, like how big God is, it's hard to communicate how big God is through an iPhone, yeah. you know, but when iPad. you're looking at a glacier mountain or you're looking at a vast expanse mm-hmm. of uh, ocean or, you know, grasslands or whatever yeah. the landscape is, then they get a picture in their head of what big mm. looks like. Yeah. Um, and then you can kind of communicate aspects of God. Yeah. Mm. You know, you know what I was just thinking of that, um, 
Hmm. When Lincoln was, man, how old was he when we went to Creed, baby? Two? Little. He was two. He's a tiny baby. You know, mm-hmm. he, and he, goodness, he was so cute. I was just telling the kids over at Summit, there's a camp here I speak at in the summertime, about how much God loves us in ways that we never comprehend. And it was one of those times. We were out in Creed. I, I rode my motorcycle there with two friends, and we were fly fishing. We were back in these beaver ponds. And I was up to my waist in the water, and so I, was, I wasn't quite eye level with it, but I was way down low, and I didn't catch one thing, but I kept seeing little bugs and mosquitoes get near the water and trout jump out, and you could see the reflection of a mountain behind it in the water itself, and I just, I became overwhelmed at that scene, mm-hmm. Right. and I felt the Lord whisper in my ear, hey man, I knew you were going to be here. Like when the earth was created, I knew today you would be here and I shaped the earth to arrive at this point because it would excite you so much. And I was like, are you? It just made me think like there's bands every now and then that I know and I'll hear them on the radio. I'm like, I know that guy. I know the guy singing that song. Mm -hmm. And that day I was sitting there at that pond going, I know that guy. Mm. Mm. That guy created this day, this moment, this scene for me. Mm. That teaches your kids about God in a Mm. totally different way. In a very real way. Yeah, yeah. very real yeah. way. Where do you guys like to go the most as a family? Is there a specific area or or thing best or you know? Yet? Yeah. Well, since the rest of my rest of my family's not here, I'm gonna yeah. go ahead and feel this one um, <laughs> the way I want to feel it. But my favorite's Montana. Montana. Yeah. You know, you know, we we live on the beach in Ventura, yeah. as in Southern California, and so surfing and all that's just kind of part of our everyday life. And so for me to get away, I mean that's a wilderness in of itself, the Pacific, yes. obviously. Yeah. Um, but for me. When I think of big open spaces, I think of Montana. Big sky. I, oh, yeah, yeah, big sky country for sure. <laughs> right. Yeah. And so I, that's where I love to go. You know, my, I think my family would probably say something similar, certainly my boys, because mm-hmm. they just have so many of those m- moments you just talked about with the fishing mm-hmm. and all that of Montana that I think they would probably say that's one of their favorite areas as well. Mm-hmm. Although they'd also say we just like you know, Emma Wood down the street. That's a surf spot by where we yep. live. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> like, I know, you know that. Oh yeah. 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 It's a little humbling when you take like a 3000 mile road trip and your kids like second like, the, the surf line and yeah. going, all right, can we just go home? The waves like, are good yeah. at waves home, are good. Dad. We should have just stayed home. The <laughs> harbor's breaking. Right? We go down the Ventura Harbor. <laughs> we just talked about that. Like it would never have crossed my mind to utter a phrase like that, but it's different. It is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it is. It's nice. I tell you what, this is what I, I, I really want to talk about now, and I'm realizing it, and I was realizing it when I read your book, when I heard you speak, uh, and then it, it came up yesterday. I got asked to speak on July 8th of next year in 2018, and I was like, yes, absolutely. And then last night I woke up in the middle of the night and I went, wait, you're going to tour May and June. You're going to have just gotten home. You're going to fly right out. Again. Well, it got moved, which is nice, but it, it reminded me how quickly life goes by if you don't schedule these times. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And what I read in the book and what I've heard from you is that you plan these trips out. Like you know next summer you'll do something similar again and it'll be on these dates and this is a, you know, these are the states you might want to hit. And I was thinking, Laura and I had so many plans for this summer. There was all these camping trips we were going to go to and these places we were going to go and see. And this book that I read about cleaning our house, like all these things. And the summer is almost over. Mm-hmm. And it all filled in because I didn't schedule. I, 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 well, we just, we have time. We'll, just, we'll, we'll have a little time. Next month. <laughs> and my kids missed out this summer. They did. And I regret it. And 
it's not going to happen again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It really isn't. Next year, we're going to be on the road a bunch and we're going to get our kids in those lost places and we're going to learn mm-hmm. some of those things. And I want to encourage parents, schedule that stuff. Do you find, do you get busy? Do you get stuck in the middle of life and all of a sudden you're like, we haven't gone out anywhere? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That happens to us. And and that's part of why we started doing these scheduled things. Is just saying every summer we're going to take a big road trip. And some this summer was, we're past six weeks now, so it'll be about seven weeks for me, six for my family. Last summer was three weeks. Summer before that was, I think, five. So it's different every summer because right. circumstances come up and you've got different things. But we've just kind of, I've committed as a father to create a culture of exploration with my family, saying mm-hmm. we're going to explore as a family and summer is the time to do it for us. Yep. We live normal lives like everyone else. Kids go to school. We have, yeah. to, have to make a living, all that stuff. But we're like, if we don't do these things, just like you said, it'll go by. Yep. And then you know, I'll be looking at my grown kids going, hey, I wish I would have yeah. done all these right. things. Yeah. Oh. And so, if that tings your heart like it just tung my, or yeah. stung yours, then pay attention to that, people. That's right. And I came by kind of the way a lot of us do is I came by it the hard way because when I was – you know, when the kids were very young, I slipped very much into that mode of I'm going to provide for my family. I'm going to work right. hard. Yep. I'm going to teach my kids about work ethic. And I just got so enamored or so caught up in work that I didn't take those things. And I missed a lot when mm-hmm. they were younger. Yeah. Um, and then I kind of realized that at one point it dawned on me. is like, so I'm here kind of working my ass off to kind of one day be able to go do these things. I was like, well, that's crazy. Like, why don't I just go do those things? Like, yeah. instead know, of, and right? so. We, but that's our culture. Our yeah. culture is save for retirement, save for someday, just right. not today. I started reading Tim Ferriss a while ago and he's like, why are you waiting? Make mm-hmm. money, go on a trip to do it now. Enjoy right. the life. You're, you're healthy now. You're, you're, mm-hmm. you know, you can, you're mobile, all those different things. Uh, honestly, I'm sitting here with a deep sense of regret for our summer. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And you know, Laura's going out of town this weekend and I'm taking the kids. Uh, we're going to camp somewhere. I'm just going to, it's overnight somewhere. Who cares? Yeah. Just right. be under the stars. We got to yeah. be under the stars. Yeah. And, and it doesn't have to be. I mean, we've, I've fallen in love with Montana and mm-hmm. I've created this as part of, like I said, our family culture. But even if it wasn't that, I've just gone, I take my kids down to the beach and we just sleep on the beach on a Friday night, it's largest of my wife can get a night off. Mm-hmm. Um, but it doesn't have to be very far. I'm fortunate where I live, I can do that. But you know, you can just do it in your backyard. You can do it anywhere. Yeah. You're um, so right. Yeah. yeah. Just, it's not about the money. No, it's really not. It's just not. about creating that culture. Exactly. Yeah, for and sure. It, it's about togetherness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And here's the thing, parents out there that are listening to this. When you decide to go on a trip, set a goal for the trip. And the goal isn't... <laughs> to see places, mm-hmm. to do things. The goal is to be together as a family. Like, I'm gonna liken good. it to something yeah. totally different. We, when Laura got pregnant with Lincoln, we have a doctor out here, Dr. Biza, great, great guy. And we started getting bombarded from people with la leche and um, what are all the ways you can have yeah. a baby? I, yeah, I don't know. There's like a million things you can do. And it was getting stressful. Like all these people that you have to have a baby this one. You can't have an epidural and you can't do drugs and you can't do this. And if you have to have an epidural and you get just getting inundated. And he goes, hey, the goal is to come home with a baby. If you do, you won. (laughs) If you decide you want to have a natural birth, awesome. If there's complications in the middle and you have to do it differently, great. If you go home with a baby, you You win. win. So if you go on a vacation with your family and you connect, that's it. Our our goal on this trip, we had a... fish count goal nice. um, yeah. we're going to catch a certain amount of fish as a family because in my mind I'm thinking 
to catch that many fish, we have to be standing in a river yep. together or we have to be in a canoe together. And so it's going to force us to be together in a place where there's no phones, there's no anything else. So I got the whole family, mostly myself, excited about how <laughs> yeah. many fish we were going to catch. Totally, yeah. totally. So we talked about it all leading up to it. Last summer we had, we did this, last summer was the first year we did it. So, you know, we had a fish count goal last summer. And this, so ever since then, I'm like, starting from when we got home, we're going to crush that goal yeah. next summer. That's awesome. Yeah, And so we did it. We, and every night we did our fish count as a family. How many did you oh, catch? How many did you catch? So yep. great. And it was a great goal because mm-hmm. it forced us to be together, together. in yeah. a space where my phone didn't work and nothing nothing else mattered except for mm. the yeah. fish we were about to catch. Sounds like my family. <laughs> when my family gets together and fishing, it's just hilarious my dad wraps reels he does everything uh-huh. huge fishing family yep. but they're like that like who can catch the most fish right. and, mm-hmm. and it connects them all and yeah. they love it yeah tell us how melissa went from being afraid of the wilderness to going six weeks on the road in a van fly fishing etc cetera, etc cetera. yeah um i'd like to say i had something to do with it but i really don't because she's just she's got such an extraordinary um sense of wonder i think Hmm. and also i'd say there's two parts i think there's part she does for herself and she's she's surrounded by boys it's me and two boys and and you know and i'm kind of like 12 or 45 going on 12 right yeah sure and so i I write about farting all sorts of stuff in the book so we all yeah yeah so she's surrounded by that so i think part of it she does have a wonder for that but part of it she has such a love for us that she knows how it makes us come alive and she always tells me, like, when I'm home, she's like, go surfing. She's like, you're kind of being lame. Go surfing. Because she knows I'm a better version of myself after, after, I, you get, go paddle after out. I get a few For waves. Sure. Yeah. Know? And the same thing, my, my sons are becoming the same way. You know, you have to kind of walk the fine line yes. because there's never enough waves. Right. You know? Yeah. And it so, is a fine line. Yeah. Yeah. So I could, like, yeah. But, but she's kind of, I think, gotten to know me so well mm-hmm. and my boys so well that she knows that these things kind of, this is what this is what feeds, feeds me. Yeah, yeah exactly. For sure. And so I think she's kind of walking both of us. Like, I think she absolutely she absolutely loves it for sure. <laughs> but I think there's a deep love of me and the boys right. um, that drives her as well because mm-hmm. we're better as I'm a better wow. man yeah. for doing the stuff and we're better as a family right. as we do it. Well, a cry from a mom's heart. You just want your family to be connected and healthy yep. and right. thriving. And- right. Well, that goes back to the Ephesians. I mean, we we talk about, people are going to get tired of it. We talk about Ephesians all the time. And when it talks to husbands and it's saying, lay your life down for your wife and kids like Christ did for the church. With wives, it says, you know, submit to your husband as if unto the Lord. This is a worship act. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine if the Lord said, hey, can we go spend six weeks in a VW van in the wilderness? You'd be like, what? Are you kidding? Really? Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, well, that's what your husband wants to do. Do it that way. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, that's different. Yeah, it really is interesting to see you. Sh- you're seeing her love for you expressed in her desire to, to be on the road yeah. to do mm-hmm. to learn those things. That's a that sacrifice, and now turned into a love. She loves fly fishing now. She started fly fishing last cool. summer, and now she loves it. And it's something we get to do. We yeah. all get to get do together, and it's fantastic. Yeah, we love it. Yeah. So great. I would yeah. like to think that if I had all girls, I would love to do those things. You know, yeah. But I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure if I'm as good as she is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I love fly fishing, so I think now it's nice to have the girls grow up. Mm-hmm. Like I want Lucy to learn how to hunt with her daddy and do mm-hmm. certain mm-hmm. things that you know. It's just a whole picture. We can all yeah, do right. things like picture. that. And here's the truth. Let's talk a little bit about the screen and well, a couple more things maybe, but. 
it's something that we fight about all the time. You know, your kids are on right. their phones and I see people doing it. I was in a left-hand turn lane the day, two left-hand turn lanes. And as I was driving, there was a car stopped in the lane just to my right, not turning. I was like, that's weird. And I looked over as I passed, it's a woman looking at her phone. So I honked like, there's 30 people behind you. Well, she starts driving, still looking at her phone the whole way. How do we do that on adventure trips? Because most of the time your kid's going to be like, let's get on the iPad. Let's never get out of it until we arrive at a place. But then you're not ready to be in the wilderness. You're still Mm. stuck back home. Right. How do we do that? How how have you, I mean, I know how you figured it out, but (laughs) tell the rest of our listeners. I've already heard you speak. Well, there's a couple of things that's worked for us. One is the batteries die and that's a good thing. Mm -hmm. And so, you Mm. know, for us getting out of Southern California, usually by the time we get to a w- open space, the batteries of all the devices are dead and nice. we just let them stay dead. Um, so that part's great. That's the key. Um, I like that because there is a, yeah. there is a set time limit, you right. know, and the kids, by the they way, kids it. listening are like, Hey, if I lower the screen brightness a little bit and if I turn off Bluetooth, <laughs> right. it'll give me 15 extra minutes, you know, Hey, that's great. Yeah. But there is a finite amount of time you get to be on this. Yeah. And right. when it's over, it's over. It's over. Mm. That's it. And yeah, that's probably the best way that we do it. And the other thing too, I mean, you know, I struggle with my phone just like everyone else does. Mm-hmm. And, but I purposely have put us in places where our phones don't work. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I kind of love it because it just doesn't that's work. Nice. It's like, you know, it's yep. like you're not going to be looking at candy if you're not in the candy store. Exactly. Yeah. And so it's just doesn't, it just doesn't yeah. happen. Mm. Um, and you know, you get home and as soon as you get home, it's kind of, you're back to that same battle. But, yeah. but as, as long as for us, as long as we've built in those times, um, that we know what it's like to be free of those things. Right. Oh. Um, it helps when we're, and we talk, my wife talked about the whole way. It's like, Hey, should we just get rid of the TV when we get home or should we do this or that? It forced, cause you realize just how great our intimacy is, our conversations yep. and all that stuff. And so we, kind of come back with a renewed sense of fighting the determination. Good, yeah, the yeah determination of, for sure. You know, fighting the good fight. Fighting yeah. The good trying fight. the best we can. Uh, I like that. Yeah. You come home renewed. You come home yeah. thinking, Hey, we can do yeah. a little, we can do a little better. Yeah, exactly. We yeah, can like maybe watch a little less and read a little more mm-hmm. and we can create Talk kind of, guard, yeah, we can create some guardrails around that. You were talking about listening to Mark Twain. Do you read, do you listen to audiobooks when you're out on the road, things like that? Have you found other things to do? Um, we do both when we're on the road. Yeah, we do a lot of books on tape. That's mm-hmm. just kind of a fun thing. I guess that's how old I am, books on tape. I, know. I, yeah. Yeah, right. I would say the same thing. Now yeah. I'm an audible, but yeah. Right. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, but that is fun. But the other thing we love doing is we stop in little indie bookstores and we kind of pick up books to read while we're out on the road. Mm. Um, and so that's a lot of fun because you know, it's a double win. You yeah. know, you're in a cool little store together right. and then you're picking I up I saw an old up. John Muir book in The Windshield. Yeah, I picked yeah. that up. Right, yeah, I, um, and just outside of Yosemite. Uh, where our book, nice. our tour this start this year started in Yosemite, um, and there was a little indie bookstore that had was, uh, branches books in Oakhurst, and they had the John Muir stuff. I was like, "This looks awesome! I'm gonna get that." Yeah, so this is gonna be my morning reading, you know, on this whole road. So yeah, yeah, it was pretty good. How fun! All right, before we go, there's got to be someone out there that's like, "I want to do it." Mm-hmm. What's my first step? Mm-hmm. You know, if anybody, I mean, is it just camping out in your backyard? I mean, just Whatever it is, there's got to be a first step for you wherever you're at. I mean, if you can find a local campground, awesome. If not, I mean, backyard or car camping or whatever it is, just getting out there, it's important. You find, mm. I love the, the subtitle, Finding God in the Lost Places. We need to find those things. So often in our churches and our cities, we've scienced God away. I hear mm. pastors, I understand God. And I'm like, you do? How? 
Right. I don't understand. I go out in the wilderness. I just think it's too beautiful. It's too perfect. It's too variety. It's, it's so amazing. I don't understand any of this. My the the chapter, the first chapter I wrote on in in this book was on Glacier National Park, mm. um, and it was several years ago. And I was struggling with something about being a dad, and we kind of went on this trip because, like we talked about, we always go on these trips, and so. I was on the shores, and you know the whole psalm about I looked at the mountains and asked where my help would come from. Mm. I've heard that a gazillion times in church, right? Yeah. I mean, and you're right. It's like you kind of science way, like okay, here, like you know, here's what it means, here's what happened, right? And none of that stuff pierced my heart ever. Um, mm. And I sat on the lake shore, and I just started weeping. I was looking to the mountains, and I was like, God, where's my help going to come from? Because I'm inadequate as a man, as a father. Mm. Um, there's this gap between what I want from my boys and what I'm able to give to them, and it was sitting heavy on me. And all of a sudden that verse comes to mind. I look at the glaciers across the shore of Lake McDonald and I'm like, that's, this is where my help's going from. So I take my mm. boys and I just point them to the glaciers and I don't say a word. I just say, stand here with me, you know, and that's where the help comes from. It's the magic mm. and the mystery and the transcendence of God to create those places and yeah. to create moments like that so that he can partner with us in our parenting mm. and stand in that gap and, be the thing that I couldn't be for and my And that boys. we were never meant to be either on, exactly. on some level. But yeah. yeah, oh, it's just poetic. Mm. Isn't it the best? I'm just touched. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to do anything else. That's a perfect way. It's perfect way to end. And he, here's what I, I'll, I'll end this way. There are parents that are like, oh, it just sounds so great. You can do that. You can. Mm-hmm. It's going to be scary. It's going to be awkward. Stuff's going to go wrong. Just roll with those punches. It's not about stuff going wrong. It's not about, it's just about being together. Mm-hmm. You know, telling your kids, I care about you so much. I'm going to go hang out with just you. Mm-hmm. You know, leave whatever is behind behind. Leave it. Be present with your wife and your go kids. Roger, this shore. is so great. We stood upon stars, finding God in lost places. Oh, everything about it's great. I love it so much. Thanks for coming on. Anything that you do. In fact, let's have you back on talking about, um, your book my best friend's funeral i've been doing a bunch of end of life stuff lately it's rough and Mm -hmm. we need more things like that so let's have you back on as soon as possible that'd be great and then definitely come back fishing in colorado next year Mm. and we want to come out and go surfing definitely (laughs) thanks roger i appreciate you yeah thank you rebels did you enjoy that i really hope you did if you didn't you've got to get the book if you're like ryan i don't get it i mean i help you of course you got it what a great guy roger thompson is there's so much in here there's so much in here if, you are, uh, if you're looking for refreshment, if you're like, I just can't find my tribe, I don't know where it is. If you found me, find Roger Thompson. He is a member of this gang. He is a rebel parent. He's a rebel spouse. This is the real deal. This guy is one of my heroes. Hey, if you want a copy of this book, you can write me at help at rebelparenting.org. Tell me why you want it. In fact, here's how you can do that. You want a copy of this book? Tag Rebel Parenting on Instagram in one of your family photos, one of your family activities, one of your spousal activities. You know, if you're hanging out with your spouse on date night, something like that, go tag us in one of those photos. Post it up. I'm going to send you a book. Uh, I'm not sure which one you're going to do it to, but we'll pick a great one and we're going to send you a book because we want this in your hands. Also, Monday and Friday, Monday, Wednesday and Friday, 8 Pacific, 11 Eastern, Rebel Live, Wellness Wednesdays on Wednesday, Marriage and Parenting Mondays and Fridays. I'm all tongue-tied because this was such a great one. The cover of this book is amazing. The cover of the book is amazing. Everything about it. Roger, love to have you on the broadcast. I love you, brother. Rebels, definitely get this book. Listen to this broadcast. I love y'all. God bless.